Multilateral and bilateral donors are being urged by Pacific countries to consider investing directly into regional financial facilities instead of global ones that are next to impossible for island nations to access. This was one of many economic and development strategy perspectives presented at the Forum Economic Ministers' meeting with regional development partners in Vanuatu earlier this month, which was held to call for greater financing and partnership to implement the 2050 strategy for the Blue Pacific Continent, Pacific Resilience Facility and other regional economic priorities. The week after the meeting, I spoke about its outcomes with Zarak Khan, the Director of Programs and Initiatives at the Pacific Islands Forum. Thank you very much, uh, Corey. It's such a pleasure to be speaking with you this afternoon uh, from beautiful uh, Pacific Harbour in in, in Fiji. I think one thing I'd like to perhaps uh, start off with is firstly thank the government of Vanuatu and in particular the Minister for Finance, Honourable Johnny Russo and the Director General for Finance in Vanuatu, uh, Lethle August, in terms of the tremendous support and generous hospitality that they extended uh, to our foreign economic ministers from across the Pacific region. Uh, As you know, this was the first Forum Economic Ministers meeting uh, that we've had uh, in country outside of Fiji uh, in about uh, four years. And so it is quite a momentous occasion, particularly because it's the first regional meeting for the forum outside of Fiji uh, since uh, COVID restrictions have uh, started to uh, basically come down. And so it was a great opportunity for our finance and economic ministers from across the Pacific to meet with each other. uh, And quite a few of them, obviously, new ministers as well in in new governments uh, to sort of break the ice and discuss Uh, openly and quite candidly, some of the most pressing and urgent uh, development challenges that are facing the Pacific region. And some of these include, uh, as you you know, uh, the importance of having a sustainable recovery pathway out of COVID-19, particularly when you you look at the fact that the region is facing a tremendous challenge in terms of rising cost of living, uh, supply chain challenges, uh, which are are global in nature, uh, the geostrategic issues, uh, emanating from the Ukraine-Russia conflict and, and other, other issues that are affecting the region, but also the important challenge of uh, climate change and climate change-induced disasters, uh, which have wreaked havoc on our Pacific economies and has risen indebtedness uh, in, in the Pacific region. So the ministers uh, discussed these challenges in depth uh, last week, and they came up with a number of, uh, of decisions and measures uh, aimed at countering or addressing a lot of these problems. First and foremost is the development of a Blue Pacific economic strategy, uh, which is very closely aligned, complementary, and is meant to enable the implementation of the 2050 strategy uh, for the Blue Pacific continent, which was agreed to by our forum leaders uh, in July in in, in Fiji. The Blue Pacific economic strategy will cover a lot of the issues that I've just mentioned uh, just prior to this in terms of helping our Pacific countries become more resilient, Uh, prepare for future pandemics and disasters as and when they arise, uh, and not if, as we know, these disasters will increase in frequency and intensity, unfortunately, and basically ensure that the countries have a means of implementation in terms of the innovative financing and the resourcing uh, that they need to put into action a lot of the regional solutions uh, that were discussed by ministers last week. Um, The last uh, area that I'd perhaps like to flag is the Pacific Resilience Facility, which I'd be happy to talk about a bit more after this. Uh, but the Pacific Resilience Facility is, is very important to our members, and the ministers reaffirmed uh, the commitment uh, to the facility as a source of sustainable financing to build disaster risk resilience in the Pacific. Yeah, and I guess like 
for everyday sort of Pacific citizen look, looking up at all of this, like we're hearing all the donors, all the partners say that this is a, you know, all of this, this stuff, the Blue Pacific strategy, this, I think it's all really important to have this documentation. If you can just explain why it is important that, that this, this document uh, and these strategies exist. Well, thanks, Corey. That's I think that's a very important uh, question, and I think it's uh, it's an issue, obviously, that all not just regional organisations or crop agencies in the Pacific, as we like to call ourselves, uh, but also international organisations, UN agencies, ADB, World Bank, and others, uh, they find as a as a challenge making sure that policies that are agreed to at the international or regional fora uh, are well understood, and uh, and obviously well understood at the national level, and most importantly mainstreamed into the national development plans uh, of our member countries. And that was a key point of discussion at the ministerial meeting last week, is that any regional initiative or endeavor needs to have a national connection or a national impact to ensure that our Pacific people are able to feel the benefits uh, of a lot of these discussions and, and, and decisions happening at the regional and international level. I think a good example and a practical example uh, that I can share with you is in the area of trade. Uh, where there were discussions in terms of the increasing cost of living uh, situation in the Pacific region and the fact that you know goods and services and the prices are increasing because of increasing fuel and other other commodities across the across the world. And one of the ways that the ministers felt that we could make a difference is by working very closely with trade ministers to ensure that there are bureaucratic processes that may exist uh, at the national level in terms of ports, uh, in terms of trade facilitation, the time it takes to clear uh, containers in our wharves, uh, the importance of digitization and automation uh, being integrated and introduced at the national level. I mean, these were concrete ideas that were discussed as part of the supply, supply chain agenda item. And uh, it's noted that the Forum Secretariat has completed a supply chain review of the Pacific region uh, with the support of the uh, government of New Zealand. And there were a number of recommendations under that study, uh, which were discussed by ministers, and one of which was the digitization uh, recommendation, which I've just discussed with you. So that will result in a much more streamlined process in terms of clearing containers, uh, the time it takes to provide approvals uh, to our exporters or importers at, at the national level, and ensuring that for the factors that are within the realm of control of our member states at the national level, uh, they're able to make the difference and make those adjustments. Things we cannot control in terms of fuel prices and, and cost of commodities, that's something that, that uh, is out of our hands but we can control the policies, the procedures, the regulations, and the implementation of a lot of these policies at the national and regional level.